RTHK, the news at one with Tom Warden. The headlines. The chief executive heads to Beijing tomorrow for a four-day duty visit. Researchers say parents have been neglecting their children's eyesight during the pandemic. And a U.S. House of Representatives committee recommends that criminal charges be brought against Donald Trump. Chief Executive John Lee says he's going on a four-day duty visit to Beijing tomorrow. Speaking to reporters before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mr. Lee said he'll report in detail about Hong Kong's economic and political environment to the country's leaders. The CE said he will also explain the COVID situation and social distancing measures in place in the SAR, as well as the desire of Hong Kong people to resume quarantine-free travel with the mainland. It is something that I think we are all working hard to see how it can be done because we all know very well that while we want to do this, we have to consider how we do it in an orderly fashion, maintaining a good control of the risks and the potential problems that may arise when new arrangements are introduced. But there is a very strong common commitment to ensure that things progress in good speed and at the same time with risks and issues under control. Mr. Lee added that the Health Bureau will announce relaxations to some social distancing measures this afternoon, but stressed that a gradual approach will be taken to minimize risks. The chief executive says the government will continue to liaise with Google to rectify its search results to make sure that March of the Volunteers comes up as Hong Kong's national anthem. Hits on the search engine bring up the name of a song related to the 2019 protests, as well as God Save the King, rather than China's anthem. The internet company had said it couldn't change the top results because they're based on an algorithm. But speaking ahead of the weekly Exco meeting, John Lee noted it's in violation of local law to play a song in place of the anthem because it constitutes an insult. It is an offence for somebody to play a song which is not the Hong Kong National Anthem, which is also the National Anthem of the PRC, because it constitutes insult. So that content constitutes an offence, so it conforms to the Google policy of removing content uh, for a legal reason. A patient's advocate has welcomed government plans to shift the focus of healthcare from treatment to prevention and promote the concept of a family doctor. The plan also includes a so-called co-care scheme to subsidize patients with hypertension or diabetes to get treated in the private sector. Tim Pang from the Society for Community Organization questioned why the government targeted specific illnesses rather than overall health. In order to have an overall enhancement of health, the government should also focus on other areas instead of the co-care scheme for disease prevention and also for this co-care scheme. I think if they ask the grassroots to pay at least half of the treatment fees, it would be too much for the grassroots. So for the financial difficulty people, government have to increase the level of subsidy. A geriatrics professor says the proposed revamp won't reduce public health care spending. Jean Wu from the Chinese University told RTHK that around the world, an aging population was driving up health care costs as elderly people develop a range of health issues and require greater community care. She supported preventative medicine but questioned what the government was doing in helping prevent the physical and cognitive decline of the elderly. You need to focus on what you're preventing, right? 
So right now, it's still focusing on diseases. What about the prevention of physical decline, cognitive decline that make people dependent on others and the queue up for residential care homes? I mean, they say in, uh, you can use the same language and we, we have not tackled that at, at all. The Federation of Trade Unions has called on the government to provide medical coupons for women so they can get regular checkups, saying it's important to diagnose and treat cancers at an early stage. Leung Chung Yan, who chairs the FTU Women's Affairs Committee, says this would help ease the financial burden on families as health checkups are often costly. The FTU is calling government to provide women health care voucher scheme. That is avoid the chance of getting cancer and the large amount of medical expenses. I think that is very important. The medical cost is for her personal or her family. Researchers at the Chinese University say parents and teachers have not been taking care of children's eyes, despite their eyesight worsening during the pandemic. The university surveyed about 19,000 primary and secondary students and their parents and teachers in June last year. It found that more than half of the parents reported some deterioration in their children's eyesight, but few of them did anything about it. Jason Yam, an associate professor at the university, says it's a result of the kids having too much screen time, but the situation is unlikely to improve even after face-to-face classes have resumed. Because of the COVID, it aggravates the situation. If we resume the face-to-face learning, it is better than online learning. But the situation or the condition of myopia boom will not disappear for sure. All parents love their children, but they are not fully aware that the myopia can be potentially so serious that it can lead to sight-blinding complications in future. It's easier to breathe in melioidosis, a potentially deadly infectious disease after heavy rain or a typhoon. That's according to a team of experts from the Hong Kong Polytechnic University and the University of Hong Kong. The team collected air samples from a Pactin estate construction site five days after Typhoon Mulan hit Hong Kong and confirmed for the first time that the bacteria remains in the air after a typhoon. Gilman Siu, a PolyU associate professor who oversaw the project, tells us why and how we should be prepared for the next monsoon season. After the typhoon, you can see the viable bacteria may present, I mean, in the atmosphere. So that will be um, more easy to get infected. So if possible, you better to wear the mask. I mean, when you go to the area that with um, you appearance, I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of soil or actually at the countryside, especially if the people who have the diabetes or other long-term I mean, chronic disease. A U.S. House of Representatives committee has recommended that the Justice Department bring criminal charges against the former president, Donald Trump, over the violent attack on Capitol Hill by his supporters almost two years ago. The Democratic-led panel wants to see Mr. Trump prosecuted on charges, including inciting an insurrection, obstruction of official proceedings, and conspiring to defraud the U.S. government. The chair of the committee, the Republican Senator Liz Cheney, said Mr. Trump was unfit for office. This was an utter moral failure and a clear dereliction of duty. Evidence of this can be seen in the testimony of President Trump's own White House counsel and several other White House witnesses. No man who would behave that way at that moment in time can ever serve in any position of authority in our nation again. 
Mr. Trump has issued a statement saying the investigation is an attempt to prevent him from running for president again. In the latest trial of Harvey Weinstein, the former film producer has been found guilty on one count of rape and two other counts of sexual assault against one woman. The jury in Los Angeles acquitted him of charges relating to a second accuser and failed to reach a verdict in two other cases. The women's rights lawyer, Gloria Allred, who represented one of the women in the trial, praised all of them for persevering. They have demonstrated that empowered and courageous women are able to make powerful men accountable for the injustices that they have inflicted on women. We should all be grateful to them for having made this a safer world for all of us. The British singer-songwriter Terry Hall has died aged 63 after a brief illness. Born in the city of Coventry in the English Midlands, Terry Hall's ska band, The Specials, provided the political soundtrack for many teenagers growing up in the UK when Margaret Thatcher was Prime Minister. Their best-known song, Ghost Town, about urban decay, went to number one in Britain as riots swept big cities in England. The BBC's Colin Patterson looks back at Terry Hall's career. Too much, too young. The specials were instrumental in the two-tone scene which emerged from Coventry at the end of the 1970s against a backdrop of unemployment and race riots. Two-tone due to the clothes and because the band had black and white members. Their politically charged songs went to the top of the charts. It's But band relations deteriorated. It was when the specials were at top of the pops to perform Ghost Town that Terry Hall announced he was quitting and taking Linville Golding and Neville Staple with them to form Fun Boy 3. He would have further success with the colour field, write hits for the lightning seeds and be hailed as a major inspiration by the likes of Damon Albarn. Throughout his career, he was struggling with mental health issues, something he talked about last year on Newsnight. I was very ill as a kid and that's when my mental health problems appeared. And in that period, the, the, the only thing that I could do was take Valium at 14 and that's not great. It uh, really isn't good. But I've always wanted to talk about my experiences with it because they've been really extreme. For me, it's probably the important thing because it affects me more than anything else daily. As for the specials, there was to be a happy ending. In 2008, they reformed for live shows minus Jerry Dammers, and then in 2019, had their first ever number one album with Encore, something Terry Hall described as a long time coming. The BBC's Colin Patterson. To sports, where world champions Argentina are arriving home today after winning one of the greatest World Cup finals of all time. Celebrations are continuing across the country following their victory over France in a dramatic penalty shootout. The Buenos Aires-based journalist Natalie Alcoba describes the atmosphere in her home country. 
a dream, to be honest. Relief, joy, hope. I mean, there's nothing like sport to bring people together. And it's just been this massive, massive party. Here in Buenos Aires, you know, the people flooded to the core of the city where there's this iconic monument, the obelisk. There's a giant avenue there called the Nueve de Julio. Every inch of it covered in people as far as you could see, people hanging from light posts, you know, scaling buildings, you know, even waving flags from the top of from the top of the obelisk. It really it was just this this explosion of this pent-up emotion. It's been a brutal year here economically. Lots of people have just kind of been waiting for this moment to be able to, you know, to change the channel for for a minute, you know, embrace each other, like dance, scream. All of that is what we saw come out yesterday. Ballon d'Or winner Karim Benzema has announced the end of his international career, a day after France's World Cup final defeat. Benzema has scored 37 goals in 97 appearances for his country. The 35-year-old had to withdraw from the French World Cup squad before the first match due to a thigh injury. Bruno Ahoyo of Eurosport France says it's the right time for Benzema to step away from the national team. The history of Karim Benzema with the national French national team is quite complicated. He had a few issues with some coaches, uh, Remo Domenech, who didn't call him for the, the World Cup in South Africa. He had the, that issue with, De, with Deschamps. I think there were too much things between both of them, and I think it's better for, for both to stop it. Because Deschamps is going to stay, and if, if his relationship with Deschamps is not good, I think it's better to stop uh, to stop now. England have appointed Leicester coach Steve Borthwick to replace Eddie Jones as manager of the men's rugby union team. Borthwick has signed a five-year contract with England nine months before the World Cup begins in France. The BBC's Chris Jones has more. Well, Borthwick's been the clear favourite for the role since Eddie Jones was sacked just under a fortnight ago and he signed a five-year deal taking him up to the 2027 Rugby World Cup. The plan had been for Borthwick to take over next year, but Jones's abrupt dismissal has accelerated that process and now Borthwick has to hit the ground running with the Six Nations in a matter of weeks before a World Cup nine months away. Borthwick has brought with him rugby league great Kevin Sinfield, his right-hand man at Leicester, who will be the England defence coach as a new era of English rugby begins. And in tennis, 42-year-old Venus Williams has been awarded a wild card to compete at the Australian Open. The American returns to Melbourne 25 years after her debut in the tournament. The first Grand Slam of 2023 gets underway on the 16th of January. To the weather forecast, dry with sunny periods this afternoon, mainly cloudy tonight with moderate to fresh northeasterly winds. The outlook fine and dry in the next few days, but rather cool in the mornings and at nighttime later in the week and on Christmas Day. Currently at the observatory, it's 19 degrees, with the relative humidity now 67%. To end the news, the top story once again, the chief executive heads to Beijing tomorrow for a four-day duty visit. And that's the news from RTHK. Cheers, Tommy. This is James Ross, in on the brew. It's gonna take time 
Harrison, got my mind set on you. We're going to be finding out what constitutes a Kiwi Christmas. Mm, yes, in New Zealand, we will find in the Bay of Plenty, uh, Merrin Pierce in uh, about oh, six or seven minutes from now. Underneath the stars 